Hello, Saubona, how's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Every Nation Durban, and welcome to the last installment of our series, Awesome God. And I uh, just really want to greet you all and say, let it be a good Sunday today. Let it be the start of a great week. So whether you're watching this now or watching it later in the day or later in the week or listening to it, I just want you to know that this message comes to you with lots and lots of love. Not because it's Valentine's Day, but because the love of God burns in our hearts to reach and, um, and minister to each and every one of you. So guys, we have been running through an incredible series called Awesome God, and I don't know about you, but for me, it has been awesome. I have discovered deeper and higher levels of understanding and intimacy with God because of these incredible teachings, and um, I hope that you have been inspired too, and I hope that you've been awakened to how incredible it is to serve this awesome and mighty God and to entrust our lives to Him as well. So if you haven't listened to all the series, all the episodes in the series, I want to tell you that we have done El Shaddai, God Almighty, that was for last week, really powerful word. We've listened to sermons on Jehovah Jireh, the God who makes provision, El Roy, the God who sees, that was particularly touching um, for a lot of us. Jehovah Shalom, the God who comes in peace. That was a powerful message to share with our friends and our families who don't yet know about God or have a certain concept of Him. That was a powerful one, and I encourage you to get that on the podcast. And also Jehovah, Lord, and and Wayne expounded on that um, in a really great way. And I just thought, you know, over the last few weeks, we've had such strong teaching um, I love the gift of the teacher. I see it in operation on my husband every time he preaches. We saw it on Spore yeah, um, last week as he was teaching as well. And so I thought, you know, to bring this sermon series to, to its culmination, to its end point, um, I wanted to do something a little bit more creative. And I wanted to steer away from the teaching side of, of God's Word. And I wanted to bring testimony. So if you will bear with me, I will share my testimony, well, part of my testimony with you today because Yeshua, which is the name of today's sermon, Yeshua means the world to me. And I want to share a little bit about that with you. So like I said, the name we're going to be looking at today is Yeshua. And um, the word Yeshua means to rescue or to deliver. And it literally follows a language trail through Hebrew as Yahweh saves or Yahweh is salvation through to the Greek where we get the name Jesus. Can you just pause for a moment? Jesus. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this or watching this and you are a Christian, then you are going to have a personalized framework in which to unpack this. You know, Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, your deliverer. You've got your own salvation story and, and you can really frame what I'm going to share through that, um, through your experience. But you know what? If you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, you're not going to have a personalized framework. 
And so I would like to share my story with you about Yeshua, Yeshua the Savior, Yeshua the Deliverer. And I want to share it through my story so that it's not just a concept, it's not just words, but you're actually seeing how the person of Jesus can change and transform a life. And I'm standing here today because Yeshua, Jesus, literally changed and transformed my life. Now when you say the name Jesus, to some people it means absolutely everything. They get images of what their life was like before they met the person Jesus to how their life is now. And the very mention of his name, their hearts begin to burn because they've met him, they've encountered him, they know him, they love him, he loves them. And it's, it's a powerful name, it's a name full of awe and respect. To other people, it doesn't mean that much yet. And to other people, even still, it's just a throwaway used in a, in a sentence, even as a curse word. Now, I want to tell you something. For me, the name Jesus has meant all three of those. I can identify with people whose hearts burn at the very mention of his name. I can identify with people who, well, Jesus, I've heard the name, but it doesn't really mean all that much. And I can identify with even using his name as blasphemy, just, you know, part and part of as you're going around your business and something happens and... Boom, boom, you say his name is a curse word. So really, I'm coming to you having been a person who's been a part of all three of those perceptions or understanding of the name Jesus. So wherever you're at, I've been there. And, um, and I really hope that you are encouraged to, um, to hear a little bit about my story. So I'm going to pick up my story from when I was about 20, 21. And the reason I'm going to start there, because that's when I first really remember like experiencing the power and the beauty of the person of Jesus. And um, a little bit of background history with me. I grew up in a, in a lovely family. They were very loving. They were very much involved in my life. My dad provided for us. Uh, my mom was very involved, always fetching and carrying and making us food and, and she was amazing and, and so it was it was pretty good, happy life growing up. I was fairly successful in my schooling career. I, I had access to tertiary education, so I was pretty privileged. I had my own car, so I had this growing sense of independence. It was great. I remember getting my car, driving it for the first time on my own, that that sense of wow, this is awesome. I was earning some money through some part time work And so there was this great growing sense of the world is my oyster, life is happening, and I can just move on and do things. Um, And in the midst of it, I really loved the party scene. To be honest, that was like the be-all and end-all. It was where I was going to go partying and who I was going to go partying with. I loved dancing. I loved drinking. I loved music. I loved friends. I loved the attention that I got from guys. I enjoyed boyfriends. Everything was pretty cool. Or was it? I'm going to leave you hanging on that question. And I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And we're going to pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And each one of us are in an individual place. And you know where our hearts are at. You know where our lives are at. And Father, I pray that as I share this testimony... These words would impact every heart and every life that is in any form inclined towards you this morning. I pray that you touch and impact every person who is hearing my voice and let life flow in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. So I left you hanging with a thought. I left you hanging with the question, it was all pretty cool, wasn't it? Being young, having fun, some cash in the bank, dreaming of how it was all going to work out in the end as I just went with the flow of life. You see, go with the flow was a little philosophy that I unwittingly adopted. Go with the flow, see where things end up, this guy or that guy, these studies or those studies, this job or that job, as long as I am having fun and I'm happy. That's what counts, right? Sounds rather bohemian and carefree and fun and very much filled with pleasure. But go with the flow resulted in me being tied up in and shaped by what I now know and understand as the world's system. It's a system that promises good things but ultimately delivers something else in the end. It's kind of like an advert. You see a picture, it looks amazing, you're scrolling online, it looks awesome, you click, you pay, you invest in it, and then it arrives, and it's rather small and tacky and not what the picture promised in the first place. Anybody done some online purchases and can relate to that? You can let us know in the chat. It's kind of like I remember when my boys were a bit younger and taking them out for a hamburger and they held the glossy menus in their hands and their little eyes were wide as they looked at all these pictures of these huge big hamburgers just dripping with toppings and these delicious fat crispy chips on the side and you could just see they were their lips were moist, their tummies were growling with anticipation of having to grab these hamburgers with two hands and tuck in. And I'll never forget their faces when that hamburger actually arrived. And it was a lot smaller, with very well-hidden toppings and some skinny, scrawny chips on the side. Very, very sad. It did not match up to their expectations. It did not deliver what the picture had promised. And my friends, that's like the world system. It promises good things, but it ultimately delivers something else. If you have ears to hear, I pray that you will hear me today. So I was about 20, 21. I, um, I started to see some of the effects of this go-with-the-flow philosophy. And it made me realize a few things. It made me realize that the party scene was actually pretty shallow, It made me realize that substance use was more of a dependency and an escapism than just social fun activities. And I began to see that the company that I was keeping was rather broken and pretty destructive, not like the true, wholesome, life-giving friendships that I have in my life now. And then came death. So my grandfather passed away. And to support my granny, I decided to start going to church with her on a Sunday, just to keep her company. It was something that her and my grandpa did together, regularly, faithfully. And so I didn't want her to go through this grieving process alone. And so being a good, noble granddaughter, I stepped up to the plate. I know my mum did as well, but this is my story, so I'm going to tell my story. So, um, 
you know, I just came alongside her and I started to go to church with her. But really, it was for her. It wasn't for me. It was for Granny, me being a noble granddaughter and Granny needing some company. And the church was small. It was filled with pretty much older folk. The minister was pleasant. He always shared something nice and encouraging throughout the sermon. The singing was sweet. And, you know, at the end, we all had to hold hands and sing the song together. It was, it was really quirky and cute. But in my eyes, it wasn't more than that. My eyes were not yet opened. And then this little church advertised an alpha course. And that advert entered my mind like a little seed. And a little bit later on, a friend of mine, she mentioned that she had done an alpha course. And she suggested that I do one too. Now, my initial response to her was, God and I are tight. Like, I don't need to do some course. But those words of my friend, they were like water on that seed in my mind. And that, my, and that seed went from my mind to my heart. And it became embedded and nestled in my heart. And I don't remember the details of how or why I signed up for that Alpha course, but that is where I met the person called Jesus. Now, Jesus was not the guy leading the Alpha course. He was not doing the teachings. He was not the leader of the group. He was the risen Messiah who was so kind and gracious and met me where I was in my life, still very much caught up in a world system. Now, I'd heard about Jesus And I would even have said I believed in Jesus, but I'd never really met him. And as the course progressed, and as I was taught the word of God every week, it was as if these puzzle pieces started to come together. And my eyes began to open. And all that the world system had lured me into, it began to lose its grip. And truth started to replace lies. And freedom began to blossom and bring purpose. And that purpose began to bring joy. You see, I was always attached to happiness and fun and pleasure. But I'd never known true purpose and real deep joy. And I'd never known freedom like I was starting to know. Then came death again. And this time, way more tragic than my elderly grandfather who was released from his pain and suffering of cancer. Now, this was way more hectic. This was my neighbor's young boyfriend, a young farmer who was senselessly murdered. And I remember driving to Alpha that night, and I was was in a state of shock. I was trying to process this news. I can't remember what the teaching was. I don't remember what the food was. I don't even remember who was in the group that night. But one thing I do remember was driving home alone. And I prayed a prayer that night in my car, driving home alone, just me and God, just getting real. And that prayer changed my life forever. I prayed from a deep place within my hurting soul. And I said something to this effect. I said, God, if you are real, and if Jesus truly is your son, who you sent to this earth to rescue and to save mankind, if that whole story is true, if it is true, then I am going to give my entire life over to you. You know, now prayers like that, though they be simple to say, 
when they're coupled with a heart that is genuine and that burns for truth, can change everything. And it changed everything for me. It was a defining moment in my life. And I remember lying in bed that night and a song began to well up in my heart. And it was, a, it was an old song. And I remember lying there, and I, I don't think I, I sang it out loud, but I definitely sang it internally. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And my heart, it was as if it began to nestle into comfort and into love for this Jesus that I was coming to know. You see, I was awakening. I was awakening and the world was losing its grip on me. And it felt so very, very good. You know, I was being rescued from the snares of a world system. A world system that was promising good things, but it was delivering something else. And it was like its claws and its grip were beginning to loosen. And I was being prized out of things like falsehood and illusion. What do I mean by that? Well, it was I was being rescued and delivered from small things and big things. And it was a journey and it was quite messy along the way and it was very progressive. But, you know, from small things like, okay, this might sound totally random, but for me it was a big thing, okay? I could now confidently go out without wearing my sunglasses, okay? Now, now I know that sounds so lame, but for me, my sunglasses gave me this false sense of security. I felt like when I had them on, I couldn't really be seen. I looked cool, and I could be very aloof and just give people a nod, you know, like I was someone important. I don't know if you can relate to that. You know, nice big sunnies, and you, you're walking, and you just feel like you're on the catwalk of your life, you know. And, um, but maybe, maybe for you, you don't get the sunglasses thing, but maybe it's your clothes, Maybe it's a certain brand of clothing or a certain style and you wouldn't be caught dead like, you know, just in some casual whatnot. It's got to be the right clothes and be in the right place around the right people. There's this false sense of security that you get from things like clothes or makeup or your car. Maybe you would not be caught dead driving a car like I drive, but you are like it's got to be in a certain league and um, Or maybe it's your makeup. Maybe your makeup's there not to just enhance your features, but maybe it's actually a mask and it's, it's a covering you and it's, it's, it's bringing like a false protection. But I remember that day when I could go out and I didn't have to wear those sunglasses. I could just have my face in the world and I was fine. There was a, a sense of security that was coming. There was, I wasn't as self-conscious when, when, when people were looking at me, I didn't have to hide behind things because I was beginning to realize that I am enough. I've been created by God and I am enough. Another big one for me, but also pretty lame, so bear with me, was when I would arrive at a club or a bar and maybe my friends weren't there. You know, that sense of like I'm all alone and everyone's going to be looking at me and I'm going to look like like strange that I'm standing around by myself. So the first thing I would have to do was go to the bar and buy a drink. Because if I had a drink in my hand, well, then I was I was okay. I had my little crutch. I had my little something to distract me or to make me feel like everything was not... Um, that there wasn't as much attention on me or if the ten- attention was on me that I at least look cool because I had my drink and I could have a sip and then, you know, the effects of alcohol as well. 
And um, I remember just one of the first times I went and I was waiting and my friends weren't there and I was able to just not go to the bar, not get that drink and just stand and observe and observe people. And, and when you stand and observe, you start to see how faulty the environments that we go to actually are. Um, it was really powerful. It's like as soon as this crutch and this distraction was taken and this false sense of security, all of a sudden I could start to see things and I could start to see how people were being affected by their environment, the situations and their crutches. And you know what, my friends? These days, people hide behind their phones. As soon as there's that awkward feeling or there's something going on or you feel insecure, it's to my phone because that's my safe place. That's At least I look like I'm doing something. Even if I'm not doing something, I look like I'm doing something. I look like I have purpose. I look like I'm you fill in the blank. But it's a crutch. And all it's doing is masking fear. So more and more I began to be rescued from fear, the fear of man. All of a sudden, I began to find I had a voice, and I could say no to things that I wasn't comfortable with. Now, I know that might be hard for some people to, to, to you know, attach to me, but there were things I just went along with because I was afraid to say no. I was afraid of disappointing people. I was afraid to, to, um, to not be one who was just going with what was happening. And I began to realize that I have a voice, and, and if I'm not comfortable with something being done to me or around me or um, being said to me or not said to me, I have a voice and I can speak out about that because the fear of man was losing its grip. I no longer felt embarrassed if my opinion was different to the opinion of my friends or people around me. I began to grow in confidence that I could confront people and care front them and do it in a loving manner when they behaved poorly towards me. And the fear of losing these so-called friends began to wash off of me when I started to realize that as my values were changing and they were, were not actually there because they were my friends who loved me and cared about me, but because of what they could get from me, take from me, or that I was just plugging a void in their life. I was saved and delivered from the deception that my self-worth was attached to my body and my appearance. No longer did I need to get attention or affirmation or acceptance by the way I looked or being referred to as being hot or sexy or getting all that kind of negative attention. I could actually just realize that I could be loved and accepted unconditionally for who I was and not what I looked like. And the people who wanted to place value upon me because of the way I looked were not there in my best interests. They were there in their best interests. And so I was rescued from this misguided low self-worth. And you know, this is a really good one to get on top of because the older I get, the more I realize that the aging process just invites itself on into your life. So if you can get free from this one, it's a good one. Because let me tell you something, the older I get, the more I want to embrace the aging process graciously, with confidence, and not the dread of having an imperfect body. It's great freedom. I was also saved and delivered from substance dependency the use and the abuse of things like food and alcohol that temporarily filled a void within me. 
I used to comfort eat when I was anxious or stressed or angry or bored. Or I would heavily restrict food when I was trying to gain control of things that felt out of control in my life. So I had a very unhealthy relationship with food. I used to drink um, and I got to the point where I would drink to because I wanted to have that feeling of a loss of inhibitions, a false sense of happiness and freedom. And I started to realize that, that this freedom, it wasn't, it wasn't freedom, it was an illusion of freedom, but it was actually making me a slave, a slave to alcohol, a slave to substances. And I never realized how dependent I was on these things until I tried to put them down or I tried to bring some self-control into the use of them. And if you can relate to any of the things that I've mentioned so far, I want you to know that there is freedom, there is a deliverer, there is someone who can save you and rescue you from all of these things. And, um, and you don't have to live in shame, because that was another thing that I was rescued from. I was rescued from the shame that came to remind me of the poor choices and behaviors that I had engaged in. The voice of an accuser who would come, especially in my early days as a Christian, to remind me and to push the buttons that, that I was messing up, that I wasn't getting there, that, that I was still um, attached to this world system. But these behaviors and, and this voice of the accuser was coming because they were losing their grip on me and they were trying to grab hold of me even more. But even more dramatically, and probably what I am most grateful for, is that Jesus rescued and delivered me from demonic torment. What do I mean by that? Well, there were, what I've come to know now is there were spirits that re- relentlessly tried to convince me to take my life and to cut my body. You know, Jesus really showed his power and his victory over these spirits by radically rescuing me from their torment. And maybe one day I'll, I'll share more of that testimony because it's pretty dramatic and pretty awesome. But um, that is one thing I am, I'm so grateful for is, is being released and freed from that form of torment. And I know it's something that many people don't like to talk about because it sounds so out there. And I just want to let you know that if you are tormented by any form of, of thoughts that want to bring harm to you or harm to others, please reach out to us. I would love to meet you and chat with you and, um, and just set you free because you do not have to live under the oppression of demonic spirits. And it's something we can talk about and there'll be no judgment because I've been there and we've kicked those, we've kicked them out. You see, my friends, I thought I was okay. I thought that my fun, go-with-the-flow life was just fine, but I was actually blinded. And then we have to ask the question, well, who had blinded me? And this is where it comes to an understanding of the world and the world system. There is one who rules the world system. And as soon as I met Jesus and, and I began to get to know him and my eyes were opened, he rescued me from that one and his world system. And I was, and I'm so grateful for this, I was saved from the trap that takes so many young, beautiful, promising lives and leads them down the meandering paths that result in people becoming broken, bitter, old shells of who they actually hoped they were going to be. 
My friends, Jesus is the only one who can save and rescue us because he is the only one who has overcome the world system and its ruler. God in human form, living a perfect life and then laying that life down for humanity, that is what bridged the great divide between a holy God and a fallen people. Jesus came and he stripped this oppressor, this one who actually deceitfully acquired authority over humanity. He stripped him of that authority and he gave that authority back to humanity so that we could rule and reign on this earth as we were originally intended to. My friends, humanity is drowning. It's drowning in its own pleasure and its own self-gratification and its own self-glorification, it is drowning in it. And Jesus is extending his hand to rescue us from that deception, from our pride, from our brokenness, from our fears, from our insecurities and our lusts and every other sin that ensnares us. Yeshua, the rescuer, the deliverer, he stretches out his hand. He draws us into safety. He draws us into fellowship. He draws us into friendship. And he draws us into authority. And that is what we've lost as humanity. We've lost our authority. And so we look for it in the wrong places. But you have to get your authority back from the one who stripped the world's system ruler of his authority. But we have to play our part, my friends. We have to take the hand that is extended towards us. And that night, when I prayed that prayer, I metaphorically took his hand. And he saved me. He saved me from myself. But most of all, he saved me from death. Death was the very thing that brought me along this journey in the first place. My friends, the older I get, the more funerals I attend, the more I see my own body affected by the aging process, the more conscious I become that death is happening every day, every moment. We are very aware that friends and family are dying. Cells in our own bodies are dying. Death is a reality for every human No matter what your age, no matter where you live, no matter the color of your skin or how much money you've got in your bank account, death will come and you will not be able to avoid it. And that is why Yeshua is so important. Because he rescues us and he delivers us from death. And he makes a way for us to truly live. Because I now know this incredible God-man Jesus, I understand what he's done for me. I understand what he's done for all of humanity. And that's why I wear shirts like this, so others may live. You know, because it's a constant reminder that my life is here to reach out to others, to share the good news about Yeshua, to share what's happened in my life so that others can can connect with some aspect of it and realize that there is a savior of mankind and mankind desperately needs to be saved. Because I call Jesus Lord, he calls me his friend and I'm not afraid of death. I understand death is my release from this temporal body when my assignment and my mandate and my purpose is up. I view death as an invitation into eternal life 
where there's no pain, there's no sickness, there's no suffering, there's no disease, there's no COVID. Only proximity to God. Only proximity to perfection and the restoration of these human bodies. Bodies that are going to be similar to this, but so incredibly powerful, so incredibly glorious, because they're no longer subjected to the curse that came upon them at the fall of mankind. I am not afraid of anything because Yeshua lives inside of me. My life is not my own. I have surrendered it to God completely. And the spirit of the risen Christ, the one who was on that cross, went into the grave and then rose again. His spirit is within me. And it's not just me. It's multitudes of others across the earth who have been impacted and affected by Yeshua the one who saves, the one who delivers, and the one who restores authority. And it's not just my testimony and the testimony of others. It's in the Word of God as well. And I want us to just take us to a couple of scriptures to look at this, because the Word speaks for itself. 1 John 2, verse 15 to 17. In the Amplified, it reads like this. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you, For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they are from this world. And the world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who do, does, do's, anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. In John 12, verse 31 to 32, Jesus speaks about this ruler of the world. He says, judgment has come on this world and the ruler of this world will be cast out. If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. And you know, that's what happened on the day when Jesus was lifted up on that cross. And now whenever we see a cross, we think about Jesus. We think about his death. We think about his resurrection. And we think about the fact that he has actually triumphed over this world ruler and his system. He's being cast out. Jesus comes to set the captives free. In Luke 4.18, it talks about the Jesus is speaking of himself and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I am the Messiah. He had no misgivings about who he was and what his job was to do on this earth. He said, I am here and I've been anointed to preach the good news to the poor. Been sent to announce freedom and pardon and forgiveness to those who are captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised or crushed by tragedy to set them free. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you see yourself as one who needs to be pardoned and forgiven for things that you're doing in your life. Maybe you need recovery of sight. You've been blinded to the world system and the one who rules it. Maybe you actually are starting to see that you've been a bit of a captive. Maybe you've been oppressed, downtrodden. Maybe you're crushed by tragedy. Jesus is the one who comes to set you free from such things. In John 8, Jesus in verse 31 through to 36, 
He says to the people he's with, he says, you're my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And that's why it's so important and so powerful that I went on that Alpha course and that I was sitting in church on Sunday mornings because it was the teachings of Jesus that began to set me free. And my friends, if you think you can be casual about the Word of God, if you think you can be casual about going to church or um, listening, joining courses and things like that, you are setting yourself up for deception. We cannot be casual about that that comes to set people free. It is the Word of God. And I want to encourage you, do not grow weary or complacent or apathetic in these days. Stay alert. Stay sober. Get into the Word of God. If you've never got into the Word of God, find people who will take you through the Word of God. If you are getting a bit lazy, a little bit caught up with life and all the the things that are going on in this day and age, you need the Word of God more than ever now. So Jesus was saying these things and then he said, you will know the truth, the truth that comes from the Word, and that truth will set you free. And the people replied, and they, they basically, I'm going to paraphrase it, they said, we're not slaves. Who are we slaves to? They were deceived. They didn't realize that they were actually in bondage. And Jesus said it again. He said, whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. Don't let deception keep you in a place of bondage. Reach out to the hand that's extending to you right now. Grab hold of the hand of Yeshua. He wants to rescue you. He wants to save you. He wants to help you. A few more scriptures and then I'll hand over to Wayne and Mac who are going to spend some time with us. Luke 19 verse 10. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Oh man, I was so lost. I'm so glad he sought me out. I'm so glad he used hardship like death and things to, to really just um, to touch my life and to help me. Mark 2 verse 17, Jesus said, I'm not coming for the healthy because they have no need of a physician, but I'm coming to those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners, people who recognize their sin and humbly seek forgiveness. I didn't realize how sick I was. I was young, having fun, just going with the flow. I didn't realize. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because I could have ended up an older woman, bitter, broken, divorced, hurting, messed up. And he reached out to me He saved me. And I look at what he's brought into my life. An incredible husband, amazing children, community, purpose, friends, family. It's like chalk and cheese. Can't even can't even compare. Such freedom, such joy, such purpose. And that's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 is so special to me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The goodness of God led me to repentance. And I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And the old Trisha 
is gone. And the new treasure, Christ in me, the hope of glory, living so that others may live, a life full of purpose and intentionality and meaning and love, so much love for all people across the board. A love that doesn't, it's not a human love. It's not a, it's not a love, a Valentine love. It's a deep love for every single person who's created in the image and the likeness of God. And I think about my friends and family who don't know Jesus and my love for them is so strong because it's the love of a father who sent his son to rescue them. And I just hope that this testimony inspires you, if you are a Christian, to pray for and reach out and share your testimony with other people so that they can come to know Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. And if you aren't a Christian, that this message, this testimony would inspire you that that you don't have to live in a broken, dysfunctional, or deceptive world that's just full of temporal pleasure. This world system is fleeting. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. But the things of God are eternal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for everything that you've done in my life and everything you've done in the lives of countless people across the world throughout the centuries. Let the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the deliverer and the rescuer, be bold upon our lips and let us proclaim his name because he is the one who has overcome the one who was in authority on this earth, but that authority has been taken away and it has been given to the Christians, those ones who are many Christs, those who bear your image and have your spirit. And I pray that your church would rise up and be bold and courageous that the spirit of God loves on the world through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, darling, for such a such a powerful word on Yeshua, the one who saves us. And how precious is his name. It actually means Savior. That's his name. He was called the Savior. The Bible talks about Jesus as the Savior of mankind, the one who saved us from sin, from death, from Satan, from oppression, from all these crutches, from fear, from the fear of man, from insecurity, from wasting our lives. He saves us from so, so much. And I just feel like, you know, (laughs) having lifted up Jesus' name this morning, what we really need to do right now is just pray for anyone here who does not yet know Jesus and you haven't yet had a moment where you give your life to Jesus. This is the whole reason why we exist as a church, is to introduce people to Jesus, to take this message of salvation, to take this message of eternal life, of freedom from fear, of freedom from uh, oppression, of freedom from all the crutches that we're hanging on to, to introduce this incredible man called Jesus to you, so that you can be free, because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. If you haven't yet made a decision to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to lead you just in a prayer in a moment right now. Wherever you are right now, you just why don't you just close your eyes and 
just open your heart to Jesus and pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I realize that I'm a sinner and that I'm captive and that I need to be set free. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to come into my life and set me free. I ask you to come into my life and and bring meaning and purpose to my life. I open my heart to you. I open my life to you. I choose to follow you. I choose to obey you. I choose to walk with you for the rest of my life. I turn away from everything that I know is wrong. And from this day forward, I give you my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we just, you know, we would like to know. And please reach out to us in the chat. We've got, you know, leaders who can walk with you. We've got groups that we can plug you into. We have so many tools to help you on your journey. So many people available who will pray with you and walk with you and love you through um, this decision and, and, and living a life that fully pleases Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.